Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your golf insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house Holly G, along with my inside team, Kevin Sternett from the Golden Bear Club, and Will Perry from Evis, our social media guru, who was also with me out at the ING, the International Network of Golf Conference, this past week. We were having some fun out in Heber Valley, Utah, at the beautiful Zermatt Resort. Will, I don't know about you, but it was awful fun to be playing some mountain golf. It definitely was. The ball goes a long way out there. One of my first experiences playing uh, in Utah like that, so that was a ton of fun. That was a ton of fun being out there in Utah doing that this past week. Yeah, we we uh, we had a, a great time. We got to see some awesome new products and uh, played a couple of great golf courses. I took a little vacay as well, spent some time in three of the most beautiful national parks, part of the Mighty Five, they call them out there in Utah, Zion, Bryce Canyon, and Capitol Reef. If you're thinking about getting out of the Florida heat this summer and going to do something really fun with the family, I'll tell you what, nothing better than the Utah National Parks. Just absolutely spectacular, jaw-dropping scenery. Did some fun hikes, did a little horseback riding. It was a, a lot of fun. And Mr. Sternett, what's happened at the Golden Bear Club? All good things, all good things. The Golden Bear Club, golf course is improving every day. Looking for new members. Anybody out there wanting to join the uh, Golden Bear Club, see Michelle Dalton. All right. Well, a lot of golf news happening tonight. We got a lot to get to, but uh, just wrapping up uh, the the headlines. Jordan Spieth, of course, winning at Colonial, claims his first career Texas victory, and uh, uh, Rocco Mediate winning, uh, beating Colin Montgomery Monty for uh, his first maiden major on the Champions Tour. Big win for Rocco. And Arya Jutangarian captures her third straight win on tour at the LPGA Volvic Championship. Man, that woman is on fire. 43 under par in her last three tournaments. Unbelievable. 14 under, 14 under, and 15 under. And we watched her together on Sunday afternoon. Cool as ice. Did you see how composed and how... um, just in control of her swing, her putter, her game, no smiling until the until the tournament was over. I mean, that girl's going to go a long way in the OPGA Tour, that's for sure. Aaron Wise wins the individual title as Oregon advances to the match play finals today. Texas Bo ha- Texas's Bo Hostler is out, had to concede his match, and those uh, finals are going on right now, and 
We're going to have a, a lot to talk about tonight. We've got a great lineup. Bob Herrig from ESPN. Lance Ringler from Golf Week, who will be calling in from the NCAA Championships. And uh, Steve Eubanks, who will be talking about uh, the great victory for uh, the LPGA champ there out uh, in Michigan this weekend. And the tour is heading to Memorial. They are there now. And we're going to see... An exciting week with the big three, Jordan Spieth, Jason Day, and Rory McIlroy, all coming off big wins, getting ready to tee it up at Memorial. We've got a lot of golf talk tonight. Stay with us. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. We'll be right back. an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggles blue. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G. Along with Kevin Sternett from the Golden Bear Club and our social media guru, Will Perry. Tell him how to talk to us, Will, baby. At the Golf Insiders, as always, on Twitter and on Facebook. Send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, we do. And uh, as we mentioned, Jordan Spieth back on top of his game as he wins at Colonial and claims his first career victory in his home state of Texas, which uh, is leading up to an amazing Eve at the Memorial Tournament, Jack's Place in Columbus, Ohio, as we look to the the new big three, as uh, we are dying to call it in the media. Uh, Jason Day coming off his win at the TPC, Jordan with his win at Colonial, and Rory winning what probably, maybe outside uh, the Masters, would be the biggest tournament he wanted to win, the Irish Open in his home country in mm-hmm. front of his home countrymen. It is going to be an amazing tournament this week. And we go to Bob Herrig, the big dog from ESPN, to uh, check in with us from Muirfield. Hey, Bob. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Awesome. Uh, first, let's deal with the breaking news here about the PGA Tour moving the WGC from Trump Doral to Mexico City, Bob. I know you've got a story up on ESPN.com. Fill us in. Yeah, that uh, that kind of emerged real quickly today. Um, uh, it's uh, you know it's a big deal because there's been a tour event at Doral uh, since 1962, and uh, there's not going to be one there next year. Uh, Tim Fincham said today they'd like to bring something back to Doral, given the history there, but they were running out of time finding a sponsor for the World Golf Championship event. Cadillac had had made it known well before uh, this year's tournament that Adam Scott won uh, that they would not be renewing, and they weren't able to find anybody who could keep the tournament there, but they found a sponsor in Mexico City. It's, it's like a, a, a holding group uh, that has various interests, and uh, so that's where they're going. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's wrought with all kinds of 
political ramifications, uh, perceived or otherwise, and uh, it's very interesting, uh, you know, how this all came down. But, uh, you know, it's it's going from, you know, p- perhaps our most cosmopolitan and international city, uh, you know, outside to outside the U.S. Uh, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it's uh, how it's received. How are the players reacting? Well, I think they have mixed emotions. Um, you know, they uh, they understand business. I mean, ultimately for them, you know, uh, they understand that to to have a tournament that has a nine point five million dollar purse you know, requires, uh, you know, quite the commitment from a title sponsor. And uh, so, you know, the tour is going to go where the money is. And that's, you know, this group uh, in Mexico City is willing to put it up, and they couldn't find anybody who was willing to put it up to play it at Doral anymore. Uh, whether that has any political ramifications or not, we could speculate on. But, you know, the bottom line is they couldn't get anybody to – sign up for Doral, and they found somebody who would sign up. And obviously, a company that's based in Mexico City is going to want the event played in their backyard. And so they're going to move it. They they, they haven't even announced a venue. Uh, that's that's the next step. Apparently, they have one lined up that they haven't, uh, you know, uh, completely secured, and they didn't want to say what it is. But, uh, you know, so I think the, I think the players are – are you know their understanding, but they also know the history of Doral. It's a blow to Florida. It's a blow to the Florida swing. I mean, we're only going to have three events next year instead of four. Uh, it'll disrupt two of them. You know, you'll, you'll have Honda, and then Mexico City, then Tampa. You know, that kind of defeats the purpose of having four in a row in Florida that are sort of easy to get to. You know, a, a couple hours drive in between them all. That isn't going to be the case now. So. Um, uh, yeah, it, it sounds like they'll work for down the road to try to have the the, uh, the Mexico City event follow L.A. or follow the West Florida. We're losing one in Florida. Um, you know, that's unfortunate, especially one that's been there for so long. We d- we just lost you for a second there, Bob. But, um, yeah, it, it is a shame, and, of course, uh, those of us, <laughs> you as well, who live here in the Sunshine State, uh, it's unfortunate, and uh, you know Trump came out uh, blasting away as you might expect, and saying that the uh, you know PGA Tour was running after the money. But um, hey, you know they didn't have a sponsor to keep it a Doral. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, sure they did run after the money, but I mean, they're going to stage an event, a bit, an event of that magnitude without a title sponsor. It just, it's just not how it works. And, you know, this is, this is one of the negatives to the World Golf Championship events. It costs a lot more money to sponsor them. And, uh, you know, instead of, uh, um, you know, they're roughly a regular tour event is roughly, you know, a $6, 7000000 million a year commitment. It's, it's usually the purse plus a little more. Well, World Golf Championship event, if it's the purse plus a little more, we're talking $10, $11, 12000000 million. You know, and, not, and that's a big difference from six or seven. And when you spread it out over years, it's a lot more money. Now, you know, a lot of people thought that maybe Trump would step in and sponsor the event himself. You know, but, but if you're him, from his perspective, why would you need to spend a penny? Uh, he got plenty of branding out of the tournament as it was. 
you know, his name's plastered everywhere. It was obviously at Trump Doral. You saw it on TV. Why would he need to spend, you know, even though he, he can easily afford it, why would he need to spend 10 or $12 million a year to sponsor a golf tournament that's at his course that he's already getting plenty of publicity from? So, um, you know, he I guess he could have stepped up and done that if he wanted to get there, but he ought to know better than anybody that these things are about the money. Absolutely. Kevin? Let me ask you, did, do you think having the name Trump there, do you think that prohibited anybody from not stepping up in what's going on with him in the political race and being the president and what might happen next year or anything like that? Well, I think it's certainly fair to wonder. It's a, it's a, it's a fair question because, and, and, you know, I don't think we'll ever get, get a straight answer on it. You know, the tour is maintaining this is not political. This is about the money. You know, we it's a sponsorship issue. But would they say that the people they were engaged in talks with just didn't want to go there? It was too toxic for them. Mm-hmm. I think it's certainly fair to wonder. Be able to find sponsors there before. You know, for 50-some years they've found sponsors. Uh, uh, even even when it became a world golf event, Cadillac, which, which uh, you know, bowed out, they were the second sponsor there. There had been another one before them, and uh, and and it's uh, uh, you know they managed you know they managed to to do that. So I think it's fair to ask that question. I mean, there have been you know many instances of people distancing themselves from Trump because of what he said about uh, you know on the campaign trail about first about Mexicans. Obviously, that's the irony that it's going to Mexico City about Muslims, all those things. You know, some people just don't want that kind of controversy. Uh, on the other hand, I do think that the tour wanted to stay there. I mean, I think they were willing to look beyond it because you're talking about the history, and it, and it just affects so many people. I mean, it's a, it's it, it it was it was an easy thing for them to have a tournament 90 minutes away from from Honda. Uh, it was a venue that they liked. It was a great property for the players to stay at. Um, you know, it. Uh, uh, it uh, it had a lot of positives and and uh, and obviously you know a lot of jobs will be affected a lot of businesses uh, the economic impact that the tournament brought all those things are going to be gone and I don't think they I don't think they uh, you know they they make a move like this uh, very easily it's, uh, I think they think about all those things. Uh, absolutely. We're talking to Bob Herrick from ESPN who is coming to us live from Muirfield. So. Uh, Bob, this has got to be one of the most uh, anticipated events of the year with the big three moving into position and on top of their game coming into Memorial and Jack's place. Tell us what's going on up there, and, um, you know, there's got to be just an extreme amount of buzz. Yeah, well, as you referenced, um, you know, having jason day jordan spieth and roy McIlroy all coming in here having just one in their last starts um is uh you know is is a pretty boost to get and uh the tournament has uh, a, a good field on top of that as well but um yeah it's 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 sort of all coming together it's nice to see these guys playing well and doing well with the major just two weeks away it's uh you know it's there won't be the questions for Rory and for Jordan, the negativity, you know, of, of Rory who hadn't won, and of course Jordan coming off the Masters until he had until he won again. That was going to be a big question. It still will be, but not as much. 
and uh, you know this tournament finds itself in a good. Usually gets a great field with the U.S. Open coming up, golf course in in uh, excellent condition, uh, a great test, and uh, obviously being Jack's tournament uh, is a big help as well. Well, he he was quick to point out, I guess, in the press conference when the references came up to the the big three, and of course uh, in the past that referencing uh, Jack and Arnie and Gary Player. But, you know, close on their heels, too, were the likes of Raymond Floyd and uh, Lee Trevino. And as he said, you know, this this is probably the big three of the moment. But, you know, you have a number of players, great players, week to week out there. What, do you, what are your thoughts on this next big three? Yeah, you know, we're guilty of, of this. Uh, to make it a... And when Rick Fowler won in Abu Dhabi earlier this year, um, you know, I think the interesting thing, though, that was Arnold Palmer and Gary Player. It's interesting that 50 marketing thing was an IMG. Those guys were all IMG clients, and Mark McCormick basically came up with that as a way to promote the three of them internationally or around the country with exhibitions and outings and things of that nature, which, you know, was really the way those guys made a living back then. You know, it was not a lucrative game to play in terms of prize money. But they, you know, they the three of them did all kinds of things together for a period of time under the guise of the big three, and they were promoted that way by their management company. I mean, it's funny to think of that in today's era of marketing that's not what it's about today it's more of a media thing back then it was a marketing thing and uh jack's right i mean you know there could be some guys jump in there and fall out it's it, uh you know in his time it was more about the marketing arrangement and and you know they they had they had combined to win more majors than uh you know than this group so far i mean i i guess it would be what there's there's seven majors between those three players now. Well, Arnold at that time in the early 60s had seven on his own. Uh, and, and Jet coming close behind, and so did Gary Player. So, um, you know, it's, it's just a little bit different, but I. Well, Bob, we lost then, you. It was more marketing. Yeah, we keep, we, we're losing you a couple times here, Bob. Sorry. I'm sorry. I hope this is better now. I'm. Uh, you know, maybe Jack, maybe Jack needs better uh, wireless connections here at Muirfield. <laughs> in the media center. About that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yes, between the three of them, I believe I counted 20 global titles since 2016. So, you know, that certainly would make them, uh, you know, stand out above the rest at this point. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there's no doubting that they are a solid number three, three guys, and, and just having one recently like they have makes it all the better. Better question, who would you put as your next big three? You mean the guys like, you know, if we Four, had a five and six. big three? You're, yeah, you're, yeah, it's a good question. Well, you know, I think you kind of have to have Fowler up there, although he's cooled off a good bit here lately. Um, you know, Adam Scott certainly winning twice earlier this year, but he's also cooled off. Um you know, there, but there's so many guys. I mean, Dustin Johnson's having a bit of an off year so far, but I don't know how you don't think of him up there. Where Bubba? He gets it together. Bubba Watson, yep, absolutely. Uh, and, and 
know, he's another one who, who had the big push earlier in the year, hasn't done as much lately. But, you know, it all it takes is one week, and all of a sudden we're talking about them again, and they're right there in the mix. And another guy who has uh, been sizzling the last few weeks but doesn't quite get no respect, Matt Kuchar. Oh. Yep, Matt Kuchar's been on a real nice run. I actually picked him this week. He's won here before uh, 2013, I believe it was. He won a memorial. Um, but he, he had a slow beginning this year, but he's had a couple of top sixes, I believe, now. Two, he ties the third at the players. He's been in the top six in his last three starts. Um, starting to heat up. And, um, you know, there's a guy who I would kind of, you know, think might do well at Oakmont if he can uh, drive it in the fairway because he's a good putter and, you know, that's going to be a place where you need to stay out of the rough and, and if you can if you can put the ball in the right spots on the greens, why not? You know, it's it's not a golf course that necessarily suits the long game or or, or anything like that. It suits the guy who puts it in the right places on the greens, and it's a good time to start finding some form for these guys. Obviously, absolutely, it's going to be a terrific week and weekend. Thank you, Bob Herrig. As always, check him out on ESPN.com. He's everywhere. The Big Dog, thank you so much. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96.9, the game. We'll be right back with more golf talk. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play a pebble, won't pay the price. I love my Muni, I think it's nice. It's We're back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4, in the house, Holly G, Kevin Sternett, Will Perry. Hello, Orlando. Hey, Will, tell them how to reach us on Facebook, Twitter. At, at the Golf Insiders, as always, on Twitter and Facebook, tweet us. Tweet, tweet us. And, uh... We got some big NCAA finals going on right now. We've been covering it for the past month. And uh, actually, I drove through Provo, Utah at BYU. Uh, unfortunately, the BYU women, not so successful. But uh, the Washington Husky women were as they won the national championships. And right now, Oregon Ducks are trying to... Be the Cinderella story and beat the Texas Longhorns. We're going to go straight to Lance Ringler from Golf Week to fill us in right there from the course out in Oregon. Hey, Lance. Hey. You there, Lance? Hey. I'm here. All right. Sorry. Um, So bring us up to speed. I know the matches are going on right now. We we announced at the top of the show that – uh, Bo Hostler was out due to that um, unfortunate shoulder injury, which was probably not only was it painful for him, but boy, was it painful to watch last night uh, on the Golf Channel. Yeah, Texas best player and uh, you know first team All American, Player of the Year candidate, Bo Hostler, um, apparently injured his shoulder uh, sometime during the round yesterday, and it got worse. And uh, you know was barely able to finish the round, and he was able to win his match. Uh, had had it 
had he had to hit another full shot of any sort, he probably wasn't going to be able to finish, and uh, it would have been difficult for him to to win. But nevertheless, he won and sent Texas into the championship match today against the host school and home team, uh, Oregon. And uh, but you know, before the match even started today, Oregon uh, was up one nothing because Bo Hossler was unable to play today. So they're out on the mat, out on the course right now. Um, and Oregon just needs to, two two wins out of the four matches to be national champs. What a gutsy finish yesterday. I guess he apparently injured the shoulder on a shot approach shot he hit on 15. Uh, then he, you know, tried to hit a, a, a drive on 16, and, oh, my gosh, it was, you know, it just brought him to his knees. But he comes down to 17 and uh, hits it. Hits it in the bunker and can't can't hit a can't hit the bunker shot, so he puts it out. Is about I don't know what was it about a twenty five footer, and then he sinks sinks the putt to win it. You know, two and one. Yeah, exactly. He had to hit a putter out of the bunker, which I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that are familiar with that. Yeah, right. <laughs> it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna necessarily hurt him to to putt it as opposed to take a swing shot. Uh, you know, a bunker shot, and that action uh, would have probably hurt him more. So he puts it out, and then fortunately, he, you know, for him, he had a, he had another putt at it, and uh, was able to roll it in to 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 get a par, and then have the match right there. So yeah, just uh, uh, you know, it's <laughs> just a crazy thing. I, you know, they they haven't really identified the problem. Said he's having an MRI tomorrow, um, but you know, I didn't think after with the way he looked yesterday, I didn't think there. Even if he did play today, it wasn't going to be probably very good for him. So what's going on on the course right now? Do you have an update for our listeners? Yeah, or, or I believe Oregon right now is uh, ahead in two of the matches and down in two of the matches. Which, if that ended that way, they would uh, they would win three to two. So, you know, they they got you know Doug Gim for Texas is playing and and he's going to be. It looks like he's going to be hard to beat. He's played well this week, and uh, you know he's probably going to be able to get a point. But Texas is going to need another point from someone out there. Uh, Scotty Scheffler right now happens to be beating Aaron Wise. And Scheffler is a really good player. Um, he hasn't quite done in college maybe what a lot of people thought. Nevertheless, he's still a top 100 player in the country. And Aaron Wise is the national champion, ranked sixth or seventh in the country right now. And uh, everybody expects him to win. But, you know, if Scheffler could beat him and, 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 you know, Gim wins, and it just comes down to one of the other two matches and anything can happen. But, you know, it, 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 the cards are stacked against Texas at this point. And, and, and uh, it, it, you know, it's going to be. It could be close at the end. You never know. But right now, uh, Oregon's got the three-two lead, and and that would be all they need. Yeah, and uh, not take away from the team aspect, but how about Aaron Wise and his gutsy performance the other day with two double bogeys on the back nine, coming yeah. back with birdie on sixteen to <clears throat> to close out the uh, national title. That was just true grit in front of the home crowd. Yeah, talk about well, pressure. Well, Fortunately for Aaron, um, there was a lot of people making doubles on that last round. Uh, the course was playing extremely difficult. Aaron was able to keep his emotions in check. Rico Hoy, who finished second, he made a double on nine. So, um, you know, yeah, Aaron, uh, like I said, he was uh, first. He's a first-team All-American, um, just behind the elite core of two or three or four players, and uh, you know, just played fantastic. A lot of people expected him to play well here, you know, in Eugene, and uh, he did, and, and, and he was able to carry his teammates along with him, and uh, here they are. Well, what a score he posted, though, because didn't he finish his round much earlier than than the other guys? So they actually got to uh, see what he posted? Uh, not Just one just one, one group. Just a few, oh, okay. There was just one group behind them, or one team set of teams. So not, not necessarily, um, not like he, it wasn't like he played in the morning and everybody saw his score. Uh, he was in that championship wave, so... 
Okay. Um, he finished, you know, he finished maybe 30 minutes ahead of Rico Hoy. So uh, the Ducks were uh, ranked, what, 26 in the latest NCAA poll? Yeah, in our in our golf week rankings, yeah, they're in, they've been pretty much in the 20s all year long for the most. Well, they started off the year with a win, and, and then they hadn't won a tournament all year uh, after that. But, you know, they're, they're a top 25 team, yes. So I, but it, but a, a pretty uh, a pretty big um, turnaround for for them, no doubt about it. Well, yeah, absolutely. If if we were playing this tournament this year at the concession, we wouldn't be talking about Oregon right now. <laughs> I mean, plain and simple. Um, you know, Oregon's in this championship match because we're playing here in Eugene. So that that's kind of you know you know that that I don't think anybody would really dispute that. So let's uh, can you give us a little bit of wrap up on the women's tournament, how that ended up, and uh, of course. Uh, you know, the, the Huskies winning their first national title. That was huge. Yeah, once again, the women's championship is probably the best TV. I mean, I've heard people say that the NCAA women's championship on Wednesday night televised on the Golf Channel did more for women's golf than the LPGA has done in 10 years. So <laughs> um, it, it was theatrical. It was dramatic. It was awesome to watch. Uh, the atmosphere was electric. And, uh, you know, the same, same thing we saw last year at the concession with uh, Stanford and Baylor. So, uh, the men have yet to live up to – been Trump both years. I, I mean, I don't think anything that's happened uh, – I mean, the women were holding bunker shots to win matches. We're holding, you know, shots from the fairway to, to extend matches and then getting up and down from uh, – it was crazy. So, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty exciting stuff uh, last week with the women. And the um, the individual champion ran away with it. I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. Yeah. Uh, but she do. Virginia Carter from Duke. Right, right, from Duke. Uh, yeah. 16 under and a 66 in the third round. Uh, the players posted some pretty high scores. Uh, she played some pretty spectacular yeah, golf. She, she uh, you know, that the fun thing about her is she was a freshman, and that was her first collegiate victory. So so sort of out of nowhere. Um, but she played tremendous golf and uh, definitely put herself on the big stage, you know, looking looking towards the future. Um like I said, it was an NCAA record, and uh, she was extremely impressive to watch. Well, it's uh, fantastic between, uh, I know, you know, Golf Week has always covered uh, college golf better than anybody, and uh, now for a lot of these players to get better recognized with television coverage through the Golf Channel, we're just seeing, you know, some spectacular golf and seeing some of these, uh, you know, superstars mm-hmm. right in front of our eyes, and as we know, many of them jumping right onto the to the LPGA and the PGA tours. Correct. Yeah, it's uh definitely uh it's it's you know, television is definitely making the sport more visible and uh there's you know, there's always been good players out here and it's just people are starting to learn about them a whole lot quicker and then when they're getting there, they're doing things a lot quicker. Well, Lance, we'll let you get back to work cuz we know you're right on site there and we absolutely yep. appreciate you spending some time with us and uh Great reporting, and thanks so much. Lance Ringler from GolfWeek.com. Check it out. All the latest in NCAA coverage. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. We'll be right back. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so to me. I got good eyesight, I'll be all right. I'll get my dentures shining bright. I got a deaf right ear for those golf cars. 
We're back. The Golf Insiders wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holly G, with Kevin Sternett and Will Perry. Like us on Facebook and tweet us at the Golf Insiders because, hey, we want to hear from you. What's happening, Will Perry? Quick, yes, anything yes, we happening? Do. We, well, we've got lots of golf news going on today, as you know, so we're just trying to keep up with that as much as possible. We want to hear from you. Yes, and... Uh, like we said, we were out last week in beautiful Heber Valley, Utah, and uh, got to spend a little time with Chris Cheddar, former LPGA champion. And um, the man who uh, we've got on the line here, um, I discovered, actually authored a book with Chris Cheddar on Ben Hogan, uh, because Chris was from Texas and had the opportunity to spend a lot of time with uh, ben Hogan, and it's called Mr. Hogan, the Man I Knew, and he's uh, one of our favorite golf insiders from Global Golf Post, Steve Eubanks on the line. Hey, Steve. How are you, Holly? And, you know, that was one of my favorite books to write because Chris is such a delight to be around. Oh, she is. Um, she was the MC at our event and uh, just, you know, so so classy, so so approachable and so much fun. She did an amazing job. Yeah, and, you know, she is one of perhaps uh, a handful, if, if maybe one or two players, uh, that, that Ben Hogan gave lessons to. So, uh, you know, that, that's, uh, that's quite, a, quite a feat when you say who was your instructor in college. You say, oh, it was Ben Hogan. Yeah, Mr. Hogan, the man I knew. Check it out. Chris Cheddar uh, authored along with uh, Steve Eubanks. Hey, Steve, so big new tournament for the LPGA Volvic, who happens to be the title sponsor, based here in Orlando, one of the sponsors of the Golf Insiders, and they had a terrific, terrific first-time event up there in Michigan with a three-peat with uh, this LPGA superstar. Tell us about Aria's big win. Yeah, I got to tell you, if you're going if you're to launch an event, uh, it, it's per- it's great to make history in its uh, in its first outing, isn't it? I mean, you've got. Um uh, Aria Jatanagarn, May, we all call her May, and, uh, she, uh, she has done something that has never been done before in LPGA history. She, uh, followed her first career win with two others back to back. And it has been, uh, just amazing to see. And I think it was something that we all saw, uh, greatness coming. We just weren't sure when it was going to come and, uh, in what measure it was going to come. But I don't think anybody saw this. I mean, to win three in a row after, after having so many close calls, it's, uh, it's quite an accomplishment, and the way in which she's done it, I mean, she's just been overpowering golf courses. Uh, I, I think that if you ask Lexi Thompson who the longest player out there is right now, she would tell you it's Mage Tonegard. And um, I understand, in fact, uh, Will Perry, who's uh, in the studio with us, used to be the uh, marketing director at the Gary Gilchrist Academy, that she is now working with Gary as her coach. That's my understanding as well, and that's that's good for her, and not not just from a from a mechanic standpoint. I think her mechanics have always been very sound, but just from a, from a, a um, attitude and a confidence uh, standpoint, having somebody uh, the calming voice that Gary presents in her ear, telling her that you know you are great, you you have uh, this incredible talent, and there is no reason that you don't win three, four, five times a year. Well, she is really um, lighting up the record books, no doubt about that. 
Um, you know, fill us in a little bit more about her in terms of, you know, her playing, her junior career, et cetera. Well, you know, she was, she was as a 17-year-old, uh, she had she worked herself into the top 20 in the world rankings. I mean, she was, she was supposed to be Lydia Ko before Lydia Ko um, with actually a more, uh, a more dominant-looking golf game. I mean, she, she just hits it so long and so straight. And when, when, it, when she hits a golf ball, you know, it, it looks, like, uh, looks like no other LPGA player because it is that high-launch, low-spin, rocket-off-the-face. Uh, and, and she hits some irons that, that people cannot believe. I mean, you don't normally have an LPGA player hitting 160-yard nine-iron. Uh, I'd like that hit. distance. How about you, Kevin Sternett? I don't hit it 160 yards of my nine-iron. Well, I can tell you that that, uh, that that May can stand up there and do it with, with relative ease. And it, it, it's, it's, it's extraordinary to watch. So uh, I think that when you when you see that time and time again, you just think, how has she not already won a dozen times? Of course, then she had the injury uh, where she's clowning around in, in Rochester and fell and hurt her shoulder. Uh, and, and that ended up being, you know, not, not just a blow to her physically, but a blow to her psyche. Because it was it was something where she's like, wow, I was right on the cusp of greatness, and now there's this potentially career-ending injury, uh, and, and you know that'll that'll play with your head, uh, and I think it did for her for several years. But now we're seeing once the, that the confidence is back, and with it, uh, you know, sort of the the performances that we expect. Uh, speaking of injuries, Michelle, we give us an update. What's going on with Michelle? You know, it's just it's one thing after another, and I, and I got to tell you, I I worry that Michelle, uh, I, I, you know, little little to her to say, I wonder if she might be done. Um, I mean, when you see that, when you see the way she's carrying herself, uh, when you see the you know the one nagging injury after another, uh, you know, when you see the fact that she she just she doesn't seem to have her heart and soul into it uh, the way she once did. You know, you just got to wonder if, if it's finally all caught up to her. And she said, it's been a pretty good run, and, uh, you know, maybe I'm going to call it a career. Wow. Um, you know, maybe, uh, unfortunately, uh, some, some, some burnout too early in her career. I, I tell everybody, and, you know, and, and you guys can agree or disagree with this, but I've seen it for 40 years. You, everybody has a window in which they are, you know, they, they are at their peak performance. What you don't want is for that window to be 14 to 19. You want that window to be 20 to 29 or 25 to 35. You know, you want it in that range. Um, I think that for Michelle, uh, her window of opportunity and her window of peak performance was just too soon. So what do you think about Tiger? You think, speaking of, as a guy who has covered all the tours for a long time, you think he's going to come back, win another tournament? Win another major? Not this year. Certainly not this year. Uh, I think we might we may see him again next year playing playing golf, playing in a golf tournament. Um, whether or not we see him win again, uh, I would put the odds right now at unlikely. Whether or not we uh, we see him win a major again, uh, I would I would bet a whole lot against that. And the guy who won his first major championship, Rocco Mediate, on the senior. PGA this past week in Michigan. I know you were there. Last he was teeing it up uh, at the 2008 Open with Mr. Tiger Woods. Yes, he was. And, you know, we talked to him about that. And, and he said that absolutely that experience provided him 
with the confidence that he that he felt he was going to need uh, for what he what he did this past week. He said that uh, you know being in that situation, feeling that kind of pressure, knowing what it was like to to play your best golf under the under the uh, uh, under the hottest spotlight, that helped him. And uh, you know when you when you have the greatest player in the game and Tiger Woods that you're facing off against and, against, and then the greatest player in the senior game right now in Colin Montgomery, uh, I think Rocco felt that 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 past experience helped him overcome uh, any nerves that he might have and close the deal. And and, and then you had uh, Bernhard Longer on their tails as well, and uh, absolutely the the best senior player who uh, also gave us a great show at, at the Masters this year. He's he's incredible. It really is 101 victories of professional wins, and even he said he did not expect to be this competitive this late in his career. He's got. He said, "Look, I've got great genes. Um, you know, I have I have remained relatively injury free. I'm still healthy. Uh, you know, I, I work out, but I don't go crazy in the gym. And, and it, you know, it just my my swing has been able to consistently repeat. And, that, and as a result of that, you know, there's no reason that he can't win for three, four, five more years." Well, we've got a very exciting week at the Memorial Tournament, Jack's House at Muirfield Village. Uh, Steve, what are your thoughts on who's going to win the trophy on Sunday? I'm just so thrilled to see the, the, the three best players in the game teeing it up in the same week uh, again. And, uh, you know, all with victories under their belts in their last starts, I, I think this is going to be one heck of a week to watch uh, the, the big three. Who do, you, who do you think the course favors? Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, more of a, a traditional sort of open style course, Muirfield. You know, heavy, rough, uh, tricky greens. Who, who, who do you think's uh, got the advantage? I just think Jason Day's got the advantage because no aspect of his game is weak right now. If you look at Rory McIlroy, you have to say, oh, you know what, he's a streaky putter. Uh, and if you catch him on a good week, he's, he's unstoppable. But if you don't, you know, he's, he's going to gack some three and four footers. If you look at Jordan Spieth, you can say that that four right shot is coming at some point. We're not sure when, but it's going to come. Uh, Jason Day simply doesn't have that weakness. There's no aspect of his game that you can point to and say he, that that is his bugaboo. And uh, as a result of that, I, I think he's the guy you have to watch. Well, Steve, we always enjoy spending time with you. And tell our listeners how they can get Global Golf Post, one of the best e-zines in our business. Well, thank you. It's very, it's very easy. You just go to globalgolfpost.com. It's a free subscription. comes in your inbox every Monday morning. All right. Global Golf Post, Steve Eubanks, thanks so much for spending some time with us. We're wrapping it up, guys. Uh, all right. Here we go. We're going around the table well, out of I the big three. Mm, We're each going to pick one, and right. I will go last. You know who last. I really want to take because he's a Golden Bear member, Hideki Matsuyama. But if I was to take one of the big three, I think Rory McIlroy is best suited for that golf course. I'll, well, ta- I'll take Jason Day. He's a previous winner there. Ooh, okay. Uh, do I go with Jordan? Do I go with Jason? Do I go with Rory? I'm going to go with Jordan. You so take Jordan. We'll see how it turns out next week. The Golf Insiders, we thank you for listening. We'll be back same time, same station, 96.9, next week. Bye-bye.